Did King Louis XIV of France use this breed to guard his estate? Why did John D. Rockefeller favor this breed? How do pirates fit into this cute breed's past? How did this dog inspire a video game? Why is the American Eskimo dog neither American nor Eskimo? Dogs 101 celebrates man's best friend. Today, the Great Pyrenees, the Bull Mastiff, the Caton de Tuléar, the Shetland Sheepdog, the American Eskimo. And we start with a dog that doesn't bark, the Basenji. That's right, the Basenji, one of the few breeds in the world that does not bark. Now this little dog may not bark, but the Basenji can bite. This breed is still used today by the pygmies in Central Africa to hunt lions. That makes the Basenji one tough cookie. And where most dogs hunt by sight or sound, the Basenji uses both senses to stalk its prey. They may be barkless, but they are far from silent. Bit of a, a yodel or a whine or a crowing sound. The larynx of the Basenji is a different shape than that of a normal dog. As air is forced through the larynx, instead of getting a barking sound like other dogs, you get a yodel or a baru. Basenjis are also very cat-like. Qualities that come from their independent and aloof personalities. And like cats, Basenjis are fastidious groomers. A Basenji is more the type of dog who's going to be your calm, quiet, and loyal companion. The Basenji's calm independence may come from its intelligence. These dogs are considered to be and are selected to be super smart, uh, very stealthy. Basenjis are arguably the world's oldest dog, appearing in Egyptian hieroglyphs and art. They were brought up the Nile from Central Africa as gifts for the pharaohs. In the 1980s, Basenjis were almost wiped out in the United States by Fanconi syndrome, a fatal genetic kidney disease. This disease was so prevalent that Basenji breeders traveled to the Congo to bring back more dogs to help diversify the gene pool. The easiest way to identify a Basenji is by their tightly coiled tail. That coils up on their back, so they have a very unique look. Another Basenji characteristic is their distinctive wrinkled forehead. And the Basenji's large erect ears cap off their Egyptian look. Just because these dogs are ancient does not mean they can't learn a new trick. Two Basenjis prove you're never too old to learn a new language. Meet Duncan and Bella, two laid-back California dogs. I know sometimes I would come home and he would be sitting in the window seal with his feet up in the air, asleep, just like a cat in a window seal. But these two dogs are anything but slackers. Duncan and Bella have learned a language that one person out of 10,000 knows. I first became interested in American Sign Language during college. I later chose it as a career because it was something I excelled at and I was uh, welcomed into the deaf community. So when Daryl got Duncan and Bella, teaching them sign language was a natural fit. Daryl trained his Basenjis using food as a reward and lots of positive feedback. Over the course of two months, Daryl was able to get Duncan and Bella to understand the signs for sit, 
lie down. Good Duncan. Come and heal. Good boy. And though Duncan and Bella can't sign back, they are giving back. Today, Daryl has brought Duncan and Bella to the California School for the Deaf in Riverside to show elementary school children anyone can talk to a dog. Mal Grossinger is the superintendent of the California School for the Deaf. We have over 420 students from all over Southern California. For some of these kids, it's the first time they've been able to communicate with an animal. And Duncan and Bella did not disappoint. They responded to the kids' signs like pros. Good boy. Jacob, a fourth grader, fell in love with Duncan and Bella. It was a good experience with those dogs, with both of them. And Brianna was equally impressed. That was cool that they understood signing. I love them because they were very sweet, they were fun. The real advantage to having dogs interact with deaf children is an improvement in the kids' language skills. Deaf kids working with Basenjis who will obey people using sign language gives the kids an opportunity to use their natural first language with an animal. And I think it was important for the kids to see that. I was proud to be able to be a part of their day, making their school day a little better, and hopefully their life a little better. Though Duncan and Bella may be trained to take commands through sign language, training Basenjis is not easy. It takes time and dedication to train their aloof personalities. Good boy. When you put in the time and effort to train a Basenji, they make wonderful companions. But like cats, Basenjis will usually only bond with one or two members of a family. Another cat-like quality of the Basenji is that they make great pets for city dwellers. So having a dog who's not as vocal as others is a huge plus. It's important to know the lineage of your Basenji to avoid Fanconi syndrome. However, Basenjis without this genetic disease are healthy dogs. They don't shed very much. So if you're kind of a neat freak, this might be a great dog for you. So the Basenji is a great city-dwelling dog. They have a problem with Fanconi syndrome. So be sure to get your Basenji from a reputable breeder. Basenjis are a snap to groom because they do most of it themselves. Training a Basenji takes time and dedication. However, a well-trained Basenji makes a good companion. They're athletic dogs and I love to play with dogs all day long. It's a lot of fun. The Bull Mastiff, revered as a guard dog, but this monster of a canine was bred not to bite. They actually will pin their prey down um, without hurting or killing it. Various diamond mines in South Africa have used this breed to guard their diamonds. John D. Rockefeller used a bull mastiff as a watchdog on his estate, but these massive dogs are actually known as gentle giants. I would have to say that bull mastiffs are probably the best kissers in the dog world. Originating in 19th century England, the bull mastiff is a cross between the bulldog and mastiff. Since making their way to the U.S. in the 1920s, these tender-hearted tough guys have made a name for themselves as guard dogs in movies like Rocky. I like the attention you get when you walk down the street with a bull mastiff, too. Of course, an imposing size helps pump up the fierce. A full-grown mastiff stands an average of 20 to 27 inches high. 
It can weigh up to 130 pounds, the same size as an average 5'5 woman, and will consume up to three pints of dog food a day. They're just enormous and powerful. They have a short coat that can be red, fawn, or brindle, and a broad wrinkled head with a short black muzzle. With big jowls and drool. This cute face belongs to Angus, who until last December was a loner. For more than four years, the people of Grand Island, Nebraska, observed Angus, a bull mastiff, wandering alone. As you can imagine, a dog that had been evidently abandoned and had to fend for himself, uh, many people throughout the community were worried about that. Rumor had it that he had been dumped by a trucker at the local meatpacking plant. Seeing the hungry and abandoned dog, the community tried to help. Several people stepped in to either leave food, leave a barn open. Well, we would usually see him coming from either from those trees. Oh, on really cold nights, he would live in the barn. I tried catching him once in a while, but when I looked back, I it's like he just was a ghost dog and disappeared. I believe that we were out about 400 times trying to capture him over this four-year period. But Angus's life on the run was about to change course. One day, the townspeople noticed a large tumor on his hind leg. It was clear that it was time for action. As the tumor got larger, then it became a vested interest by everybody to ensure that it wasn't life-threatening. Angus was finally captured. We were just waiting for him to run by us. He did, and Tim was able to reach out with a catch pole. I stuck the pole out as far as I could, got the loop on his neck. He drugged me maybe 15, 20 feet before we could get him stopped. He turned around, faced us, and just basically was, was afraid. Once he was comfortable in his new environment, we took the tumor off. Thankfully, the tumor was benign. Angus had a full checkup and was found to be healthy, and the benign tumor was removed. Once Angus began his recovery at the Humane Society shelter, the community came out to support him. We had uh, people crying. There was a sense of relief that now he was in, he was warm, somebody was taking care of him. Lori began taking Angus home at night, where she showered him with attention and introduced him to her English bulldog, Dottie. Dottie became something of a life coach. She could sense that he was stressed. She was constantly reassuring. He would watch to see what she was doing. So they're best buds. Each day, Angus and Dottie join Lori at work at the Humane Society, where this star attraction has come a long way. Yes, nice to see you too. It took the whole town to pull this off, and it shows. Angus is a celebrity here, not only in Grand Island, but across the state. I'm just excited for him. All these years of not getting any attention, not being a pet, to he's getting lots of attention. Everybody loves Angus. <laughs> I love to play and love on him. Now it's Angus's turn to give back to the community. He is a living example and poster boy for the humane treatment of animals. He now has his own Facebook page, and so people continue to follow what he's doing. I believe that if Angus was talking to you now, 
he would say, Van, I don't know why I was running loose for four years. Angus spent four years roaming around town, but the bull mastiff is not a breed that needs lots of space because they're not very active, which makes them easy to handle in an apartment. Bull mastiffs are independent thinkers but eager to please, which helps with training. Despite their large size and tough look, the bull mastiff has a gentle temperament and is happiest when with a family. With a short coat, grooming is easy, but don't forget the drool factor. If you carry a towel with you all the time, you're good. The bull mastiff has an average lifespan of about 8 to 10 years. And like Angus, they are prone to tumors and several other health issues. Like many other very large breed dogs, is also prone to um, cancer. So in general, the bull mastiff is a large dog that does well in an apartment if you have the space. They have a relatively short lifespan and are prone to several health issues. They're easy to groom if you don't mind drool. It takes patience to train these independent thinkers. Surprisingly gentle, they're loyal companions who make a good family pet. It may look like a little rough collie, like Lassie, but it's not. Shetland Sheepdogs, also known as Shelties, are delightful little dogs. Even though it's considered a miniature collie by a lot of people, it's actually not. It's a unique breed of its own. And the Sheltie has also been called a Lilliputian collie, a Toonie collie, a Peary dog, and a Fairy dog. And a Shetland Sheepdog named Pick was the inspiration for the video game Nintendogs. Shelties are outstanding loyal companions that usually weigh under 25 pounds, and they're pretty smart, too. They actually ranked 6 out of 132 when tested for intelligence. But what this dog is really famous for is its gentle herding skills. They will herd your children, they will herd you, they will herd the ducks out in the pond in your backyard. What's not to love, except for the barking and the shedding? Shelties are not the dog for everyone because they are really a very high-energy dog. History says these little dogs originally came from a tiny island. It came from the Shetland Islands off of Scotland. And while they look like miniature collies, there were other herding dogs bred into the mix to get this dog. The first outstanding feature of the Shetland Sheepdog is its beautiful long double coat. It comes in many colors. The dog's top hairs are thick, coarse, and water-repellent. Traditionally, the Sheltie has a refined head resembling a long, blunt wedge. They've got a, a pointy, foxy face. And they have signature small ears. The ear sticks up and the tops kind of bend over, which is cute. These are dogs that have a great bond with their people. These are the peeps. They love Sheltie so much, they have three of them. Out of all my dogs, Boxer is my favorite. But the bond that 11-year-old Connor has with Foster the Sheltie is really a special one. Ever since Connor has started working with Foster, he has definitely become a lot more interactive and a lot more vocal. Foster, over. Good boy. Connor is a special needs child who suffers from hyperlexic autism. When he was just three years old, Doctors gave his mother a very grim prognosis. 
The doctors told us he would probably never speak. Connor didn't talk or interact with people for years. In fact, five years ago, this interview with Connor never could have happened. I usually have to brush up gently. He had trouble focusing his attention for very long. All right, you ready? Yeah, faster, over. Keep the leash loose. But Connor's life began to turn around when he asked his mother if he could start showing his pal Foster in the show ring. Over. Go boy, Foster. He just one day asked if he could try, and I could not say no to that. In the beginning, Connor and Foster struggled. I tend to rush a little. Foster, come. Okay, not a little, but a lot. I remember one of his first shows, poor Foster got dropped. Now, Connor is much more skilled to get the best out of Foster. But his biggest hurdle to overcome was learning how to lose. One day, a judge told him it was okay to come in second, and that was the revelation that Connor needed. He's learning sportsmanship. He's learning to be a gracious winner and a gracious loser. He will now go to the winner and congratulate him. He'll go to the loser and tell them they did a good job. We're gonna win the next competition, Ollie Foster. Now it's time for Connor to wow the judges at the Madison Heights Virginia Community Center, where he's competing for a junior handler. If you're not first in the ring, count one, two, three, then go. Okay, come on, Foster, let's go. Now it's showtime. Okay, Foster's on the table. Don't panic, boy. Now the body part test. Stop. Stop. Point of hawk. Point of hawk. One. Good job. Connor and Foster win first place. Thank you. I won first place in junior. It feels great. Connor and Foster, it works. And they're a phenomenal team together. And so, working together, this little dynamic duo has beaten the odds. Foster has given Connor the confidence he needs to freely speak and move his body. And as for Connor, he helped Foster become a winning show dog. And that's rewarding for both of them. I love you, Foster. You're a good boy. So the Sheltie can live anywhere, but remember, they bark more than average dogs. As for health, they are one of the breeds that's more likely to get hypothyroidism. They're also prone to epilepsy. In the grooming department, their coat will need to be brushed frequently. Because it's a double coat, it can mat, it can cause skin problems. And because they're so smart, training is easy. Shetland sheepdogs make a good pet for active families. Good! In general, the Shetland sheepdog can live anywhere, but remember, they're vocal and energetic. They can have health problems like hyperthyroidism and are prone to epilepsy. They'll need regular grooming and they're easily trained. Overall, the Sheltie can be a good pet for the owner who understands what the dog is all about. You're a good girl. Yay! They're happy-go-lucky, bouncy, outgoing. If you're looking for personality plus in a puffball package, here's your pooch. Cute little dog with sort of mustache and beard and hairy ears. This is the Coton de Tuléar, a rare breed with a French name and some famous American fans. These little darlings have been popular with owners like Deborah Messing and Barbara Streisand. And they have a habit of balancing on their hind legs to please people. 
But how did they get their fancy name? The Catan has the most fluffy, cotton-like coat you could find in any dog. Catan means cotton in French. And Tulear is a port city on the island of Madagascar. To this day, many legends surround the origin of the breed. Some say the Catan's ancestors were brought to Madagascar aboard pirate ships. Others insist the little dogs were companion pets to French ladies traveling to the African island by ship. The most common belief is that they descended from dogs that survived a shipwreck near Madagascar. Today, they are Madagascar's official dog. And revered and loved and on postage stamps and everything. These entertaining companion pets are members of the Bichon family. They're most well-known for their cotton-like coat. Super soft, their irresistible coat comes in three colors, white, black and white, and tricolor. You can see them with little patches here, sometimes over one eye. With their prominent black noses and dark round eyes, the Catone can easily be mistaken for a stuffed animal. You just want to hug them and hold them because they're so cute. Oh, she's so cute, cute. Oh, my goodness. If you need something to smile about, hop aboard a cruise ship and you just might find this Catone living the high life. You can't have a bad day with that creature around. She is just a loving angel. Three-year-old Indy is the golden child of Jeff and Margot Peterson, professional entertainers who spend a good part of every year performing on cruise ships around the world. Rather than leave their bundle of joy at home, they found a way to keep her close by. The very first time I used Indy in the show, the next day a woman came up to me and said, I saw your show, she was great. A natural entertainer with a basket of tricks, this seafaring sweetheart is the real headliner in Jeff's magic act. Every time she performs, I'm always surprised at how people will fall in love with her from the very first moment they see her. It's hard not to. This social butterfly welcomes all passengers who are away from home with equal excitement. We always say, if you need your puppy fixed, just come and see us and Indy will be your girl. Yes, you are sweet girl. I'm really missing my dog. And for the crew, she functions as a surrogate pet, too, because they're forced to leave their dogs at home while at sea. Indy fills an important need. She's part of the crew, and yeah. she's the best. Part of the crew. I really miss my dog now, but then because of Indy, it makes me feel better. In her short life, this people-oriented pooch has already logged almost two years at sea, so she knows ship life like the back of her paw. Living with guests and strutting her stuff on the promenade is one of Indy's favorite pastimes. It's also a good way to get in her daily workout. Yeah, that's it. During her free time, Indy enjoys a little decompressing at the pool and browsing at the gift shop, where they sell postcards with her image front and center. But it's the disco where this energetic party girl can really let her hair down. Back in her cabin, this sassy little starlet doesn't just eat bonbons and watch TV. Rehearsing is a must, so every performance is picture perfect. Good girl. Take a bow. That's a good bow. <laughs> and when you've got to go, you've got to go. This wee-wee pad keeps Indy from having any embarrassing accidents on board. Good girl. But before making evening appearances, Indy knows just where to go for a little beauty rest. After a nap and some primping, this canine socialite gets her second wind. Tonight is formal night, and Indy is in her element. 
charming passengers left and right. At the end of the day, Indy takes in the sunset and appreciates her nautical life. Remember, she's a Coton de Tuléar, and the ocean is in her blood. That's been something that's been going on for hundreds of years now. We're just bringing her back to sea. Whether it's at sea or on land, the Coton de Tuléar can live in almost any environment. And its exercise requirements are low. Some indoor fun, a short daily walk, or even a swim does the trick. In the health department, Catones generally get high marks, but they can suffer from hip dysplasia, luxated patellas, and eye problems. If you want these people-loving pets to look as adorable as they act, regular grooming is a must, because the Catone's cotton coat becomes easily knotted. So you need to brush them every day, even if it's just a quick brush through? But whether you're teaching them tricks or manners, these eager-to-please canines tend to be quick studies. And it doesn't matter if your family is large or small, young or old, the Catone de Tuliar knows how to make itself at home. Bottom line is that the Catone de Tuliar can live in almost any environment and needs a small amount of daily exercise. It's a generally healthy breed that has above-average grooming requirements, but is easy to train and fits in well with almost any kind of family. Dogs like the Catone are wonderful in their own way, but some dogs just go above and beyond to show us their love and devotion. That's why we're honoring these pooches with a segment all their own. Now it's time to meet today's Wonder Dog. There's an amazing give and take to our relationship with dogs, and that's why we chose to have them as our best friends. Best friends they are, and these head-turning headlines prove it. First, meet Angel, the golden retriever and a real-life angel. She fought off an angry cougar to save her 11-year-old pal. Then there's Calamity Jane, the gutsy pup who saved her neighbor's lives by intimidating armed robbers with her barking. She even chased after the crooks on her three legs. Yep, that's right, three legs. And this next devoted wonder dog takes best friend to a whole new level. Seven-year-old Lauren lives with her yellow lab, Kelly, on a remote island. Well, there's not a lot of kids to play with on the island, and Kelly's a really fun dog to play with. She would never leave Lauren's side. You know, she's one dog. If she's with you, she's with you. One afternoon, Kelly's loyalty was put to the test. When the two of them went out to play, Lauren thought she heard a dog bark. But it wasn't. It was a coyote, and it charged at me, and I fell. And while coyote attacks are extremely rare, most reported incidents involve young children. Kelly was barking, and I heard Lauren screaming, and, and it wasn't a normal scream from my child. I just immediately ran for the door. She went right from behind him and bit this part of him. Kelly had it attacked it to get it off of her. I'm very thankful because I don't think the outcome could have been totally different. Kelly fought off a coyote to defend her best friend. She's truly a wonder dog. She is my hero dog. She's the best dog you ever liked, Kevin. Which companion breed was once used as a lady's foot warmer and whose name means little lion in German? It's the Lochan. Ladies of the court groomed them in the likeness of little lions, 
and also snuggled up with these petite pooches that were popular as foot warmers. This is the Great Pyrenees, elegant and eye-catching. They look like polar bears. Known as the Pyrenean mountain dog in Europe, these majestic giants were named for the mountainous region in southwestern France where they once had a very specific job. They were used there as a sheep guarding dog. Instinctually nurturing towards small, young, or wounded animals, these bundles of white fluff are nocturnal by nature. Don't be surprised if they want to nap by day and guard their territory by night. But guarding is not their only talent. They also have the stamina to walk long distances. In World War II, these dogs were used to shuttle contraband goods through mountainous regions. It's believed that this hardy breed originated in Central Asia and migrated to Europe 5,000 years ago. By the 17th century, these regal-looking canines were guarding chateaus for French nobility. In fact, in 1675, King Louis XIV proclaimed the Great Pyrenees the royal dog of France. Today, they still look like a million bucks. Their weather-resistant double coats come in one striking shade, white. Sometimes they can have patches of brown or cream color. Their ears are V-shaped, carried close to their heads. And while most dogs have a single dew claw on each of their front legs, the Great Pyrenees is one of the few breeds with double dew claws on its hind legs. It was theorized that they were using those to climb the steep mountainsides to protect the herds. These Great Pyrenees aren't climbing mountains, but they're walking over 2,000 miles for a cause much greater than themselves. I really, truly believe that they feel what we're doing. Luke Robinson and his faithful friends Murphy and Hudson are on a mission, a mission to find out what causes canine cancer. Their operation is called Two Dogs, 2,000 Miles. With every step, they're aiming to raise awareness about a disease that one in four dogs will die from. Luke's passion for the cause is deeply personal. Luke's first dog, a great Pyrenees named Malcolm, died of bone cancer in 2006. When Malcolm passed away, his loss just shattered my universe. You know, I, I, give me a second. Thank you. The pain of Malcolm's loss was so great that Luke needed to do something equally great to appease it. He and his other great Pyrenees pals kicked off their canine cancer awareness walk in Austin, Texas. Their destination, Boston, Massachusetts. For over two years, this former management consultant and his devoted dogs have been walking eight to 12 miles a day through 14 states in all kinds of weather. Once we get on the road, they absolutely love it. It's pretty much the perfect life for them. And I noticed it about a week ago. And every few months, Luke has the dogs checked by a local vet to make sure they are healthy enough to continue the journey. Pads do look good. Yeah, definitely. Out in the elements, Murphy and Hudson wear booties to protect their pads from extreme heat, ice, and any urban hazards. But like most kids, they can't wait to take them off. Okay, keep going, get that boot off. Yeah, I know. Most days, this burly threesome is on its own. They spread the word about their journey and their mission through Facebook and Twitter. Hold it, hold it. Ah, oh, you're gorgeous, look at that. And along the way, they drum up public awareness on their group walks like this one in Newton, Connecticut. 
The outpouring of support Two Dogs 2,000 Miles has received is impressive. One for Murphy, one for Brody. The Harding family was so moved after seeing Luke on television that they offered him and his canine kids a place to stay while passing through Connecticut. Families like the Hardings sometimes offer up a place to stay. You boys. But a tent on the side of the road is often what this nomadic clan calls home. Give puppy kiss. Get on over kid. <laughs> With their destination in sight, Luke and his great Pyrenees keep putting one foot in front of the other on their canine cancer crusade. But no matter how many miles they travel, Luke never forgets the endearing creature whose life he walks in memory of. If a cure for cancer is found by virtue of our efforts, definitely name it after Malcolm. You boys. You do so good today. The Great Pyrenees is not an apartment dog. These natural guard dogs need regular exercise and a fenced-in yard to control their tendency to roam. In the health department, they're like many giant breeds in that they're susceptible to cancer late in life, especially bone cancer. And with all that hair, these dogs shed a lot. When they shed in the fall and the spring, they're going to need to be brushed more. If you're looking for a dog to do party tricks, the Great Pyrenees is not for you. Independent and laid back, they can be difficult to train, unless you start early. But as a family companion, you can count on these giant beauties to be loyal and protective. They're very sweet-natured. To sum up, the Great Pyrenees needs a fenced-in yard and daily exercise. They suffer from large breed health issues, need weekly grooming, and can be difficult to train. But with children, they are patient and affectionate. How was it that this cute breed grabbed the attention of American families? It was trained to walk on a tightrope. Well, any dog that you can train to do that. Although controversial, in the early 20th century, circuses in the United States not only highlighted the American Eskimos' agile ability, but also sold them as pets to audience members. Although they are extremely smart and trainable, they actually take longer to mature than other breeds and can carry puppy behavior up to two years, which is up to a year longer than most dogs. And contrary to their name, they're neither American nor Eskimo. The breed actually descended from the German Spitz and was brought to America by European immigrants. Due to anti-German sentiment that was around at the time, they changed the name from German to American. And the Eskimo was the name of a kennel that, that they came from. The American Eskimo kennel owned by F.M. Hall and his wife may have lent its name, but it was a fitting one, given the similar characteristics the breed shares with other Nordic dogs. One characteristic is their two-layer coat, comprised of a short, dense undercoat and a longer outer coat that not only provides warmth, but some built-in air conditioning as well. Because that undercoat will actually trap air and cool them off. They have a healthy plumed tail that curls to the side or over the back. And it does require fastidious grooming and brushing, um, but it can be beautiful. And American Eskimos have very distinct black lips, nose, and rims of the eyes that stand out against its all-white coat. 
Additional dark markings can also develop just underneath the eyes as a result of tear staining. This occurs when tiny hairs on the inner eyelid wick moisture away from the eye. The hair below the eye then facilitates additional wicking. Moisture settles away from the eye and wets the fur, creating a breeding ground for bacteria and yeast, which is fairly harmless but causes a stain. It's important to keep this area clean. But unlike other Nordic dogs, the American Eskimos looks don't tell its true worth. Because of its name and the way it looks, you think that it was bred for sledding, but it actually was bred for companionship. And some, like Paca, take that companionship to new levels. For 30 years now, Bill Bram's passion has been riding motorcycles. But when he got his miniature American Eskimo, Paca, five years ago, he decided that he wanted to share his passion with his new companion and friend. I couldn't see my, me leaving him at home. I just figured it was better to, uh, to put him on the bike and take him with me. It was bound to be a long adjustment period for Paca, or so Bill thought. Walked out there, he jumped up there and sat down. He knew right from the start that it was his bike and he loved riding. Bill Bram has had no problem getting his miniature American Eskimo dog, Paca, to share in his passion for motorcycles. But in order for Paca to ride with him, Bill has to go through a series of safety steps. For Paca to go on a ride, well, first thing we do is we look at the weather, decide whether or not he needs his coat. On the back of the bike, Bill constructed a seat out of leather and aluminum where Paca can sit comfortably. A customized harness is also built into the seat. This allows Paca the freedom to stand and sit, but still keeps him safely secured. Paca even wears his own helmet and specialized sunglasses, a precaution Bill never overlooks. I don't need him taking a bug or a rock or any flying debris in the eye. And to see Paca safely loving a ride on the bike not only turns heads, but has captured the attention of like-minded riders in the area. We've attracted a lot of people to uh, come and, and join in and ride with us. Their typical day starts here at the local biker hangout, where people catch up and enjoy the dogs before heading out for a ride. Let's go. And with the group growing with every ride, it becomes evident that many others would like to share the same bond that Bill and Paca have. He's way different than any other dog I've had. He goes everywhere I go. He's my constant companion. The American Eskimo comes in three sizes, toy, miniature, and standard. However, all are fairly adaptable to most living spaces, but they still need daily exercise. True-bred American Eskimos are generally healthy dogs. However, irresponsible breeding can make these dogs susceptible to hip, knee, and eye problems. Take one look and you'll know what this breed's beautiful coat needs. They've got a lot of hair and require a lot of grooming, so you gotta be dedicated to that. They're an extremely trainable dog with a great deal of enthusiasm. If enough effort goes into training, the American Eskimo can be a very good family dog. 
Also, American Eskimos are adaptable to all environments, but they need daily exercise. They can be prone to knee and eye problems, but are otherwise a healthy breed. American Eskimos will require a lot of effort in the grooming department. They can be easily trained, which is an important step if you plan to have them as a family dog. If you're looking for a great companion and if you put in the time to train it, the American Eskimo can become your best fluffy friend. So to recap, the Basenji is an ancient breed from Africa that usually makes a good city dog. They're one of the few dogs that don't bark. They yodel. The Bull Mastiff is a giant dog with a big heart. They were bred to pin down their prey, but not to bite. The Shetland Sheepdog looks like a shrunken rough collie, but it's a breed all its own and considered one of the smartest dogs. The Caton de Tuléard is a fun, spunky small dog that's also smart. The Great Pyrenees is a massive independent dog that was bred to roam the mountains. But today, it usually roams from one side of the couch to the other. The American Eskimo is a super trainable breed that was first introduced in America by European circus performers. Remember, each individual dog is unique and may not conform to breed standards. If you're adopting a dog, do your homework and check out PetFinder.com to search for specific breeds near you and choose your next best friend wisely.